Praise God. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And uh, as I was saying a moment ago, the song that you heard, Who Am I? The key, the key verses in that song, of course, are not because of who I am, but uh, not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. In that particular song, the singer is comparing our lives. He goes on to say, a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a vapor in the wind. The singer reflects also that when we understand how small we really are and how awesome God is, then God's love becomes even bigger to us. We go to Psalm 8. And let's go to that psalm. Let's go to the, to, uh, the book of Psalm. We look to see, we see how big God is and how small and inconsequential we are. Our lifetimes are but a vapor in the bigger scheme of, scheme of things. We're here today and gone tomorrow. We're like a flower quickly fading, as he says. And looking at Psalm number 8, just a few of the uh, scriptures there. Praise the living God. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. And starting in, in uh, Psalm 8, verse number 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest fill the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the, thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast, cha- hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Please underline, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? What is man that thou art mindful of him? When we consider the heavens, the moon and the stars, we are amazed by the God of the universe who created them and holds them together. In awe, the psalmist King David asks, what is man that you are mindful of him? You stop and think about it with our lives being so short and compared to the overall scheme of things. uh, Why is it that God puts so much attention on us, so much focus on us? Why is it that God cares and loves us so much? Why are we the object of God's love and care and thoughts? In the song, the question is answered this way, not because of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. Well, who is God? Who is God? He is love. What has God done? He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and to pay the penalty for our sins because of who he is, because of who he is. Nothing that you did, nothing that you deserve, nothing that you could ever do would, would, would pay for uh, 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 the reason that God sent his only son. That's how much God loves you because of who he is. We go to 1 John, to the back of your, near the back of your Bible there, you go to 1 John, and you see 1 John chapter 4. You, have, you know, if you really stop and put it in, put it in context and put it in perspective, something to really give you something to think about when you're 
during that quiet time of your day or night, God created this huge expanse that we call the universe. Man has still not been able to measure it. Man does not understand all the complexities of physics. There are still things totally unknown to us, how black hole functions, things like dark matter. You get into the scientific things of the universe, and it's just totally fascinating, and you think God created all of this with the complex inner, inner workings of the, the, the galaxies and the planets and the, 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 the neutrons and so on like that, zooming around you know, the, the universe here. And then you stop and think, why did God think about me? Who am I? Why did God think about me? Why did God choose this little blue planet? They say that considering the size of the other planets and suns that are out there, our planet is like a little blue marble. Why did God choose this planet? And then on this planet, with some, I don't know, what is it, six billion plus people, why does God love us so much if our lives are but a vapor in the wind, if we're like a fading flower? Okay? We must be something very, very special. Because God loves us. Because God is love. Go to 1 John 4. And we're just going to start with verse number 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. You say, who is God? God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Therein, herein is love. Herein is love. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Underline that, please. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for us. So we see here that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. And you know what John 1 says, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God and the word was with God. The, The word was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was always with God, always. I mean, there is no beginning. I mean, he was always with God. But yes, though, God took his cherished son and he said, I love that Creation that I made on that little blue planet. I love that creation so much. It needs to be saved. It needs to be saved because man had gone into sin. You know the story there. And it needed to be saved. So God said, I'm going to send my only begotten son, the son that has never been separated from me for all of eternity. I'm going to send him down to die and take the sins of that mankind. Take the sins of them away so that they can have eternal life. That's how much God loved you. And regardless of where you've come from, regardless of where you were five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago, the things that you may have done, the things that may have been so horrible and so forth, the things that may have been such a turnoff to you, God has wiped that all away. If you came to the Lord Jesus Christ and invited him into your heart, you are a new creature. So all of that past stuff is done. That's how much God loved you. That's how much he loved you. Amen? Not because of who you are, but because of who God is. So then... Knowing all of this, how much you you are loved by God and how much God has taken you into his bosom. Knowing this, then, why are you still carrying that burden? Why are you still carrying burdens around with you? Why are you carrying that burden that weighs you down so much that you can barely think? We all have things that are going on in our lives, things that we're wrestling with. So if we know that God loves us that much and, and what God has done, that why then why are we carrying the burden? 
You've heard me, you've seen me, and you. some of you have done it. You lift up a bottle of water and you hold it in your arms, in your hand like that, and you can hold it up for a while. It's not too heavy, but after a while, if you continue holding that water out, especially at arm's length, that bottle of water gets heavier and heavier and heavier. One of the punishments that <laughs> they used to do when I was in the military was that if you did something to, to our, uh, get the drill sergeant ticked off and whatnot, they just simply had you grab a stone, not a huge stone, but just a stone. And hold it out at arm's length, just like that. Not in front of you, but out from your side. And he'd tell you to stay there and do not drop your arm until I tell you to. You can do it for five minutes, ten minutes, but after a while, depending on your, your physical uh, strength and whatnot, eventually that stone, which, which, which originally didn't weigh that much, becomes extremely heavy. It becomes a burden that you can't carry any longer. Well, that's what we do with our problems. That's what we do with the things that we wrestle with. We take that burden and we carry it around until it just becomes heavier and heavier and heavier. Until just like, you know, the, the soldier holding that rock with his arm finally just collapses. Even though he tries to hold it up, he tries to hold it up. Eventually it just collapses. So do you collapse if you continue carrying that burden. You continue carrying it. And the thing about it, the kind of collapse that we experience under a burden is not always so obvious as your arm dropping down from holding a stone. When you collapse under a burden, a whole lot of other things are happening in your life. A whole lot of other peripheral things are going on that you wind up overseeing and missing. Or it winds, it winds up spilling over into other areas of your life because you're carrying that burden. But if you know that God loves you so much and that God is indeed who he says it is, then my question to you is then why are you carrying that burden? Okay, And if that burden is, 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 is stress and anxiety and worry, then if you carry that burden all the time, sooner or later, that big burden, as I said, becomes heavier and heavier, and your stress becomes deeper and deeper and harder for you and more difficult for you to deal with. Okay, You get to the point where stress becomes the norm in your life, that when you're feeling good and you're feeling chipper, that that stress becomes such a, 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 an integral part of you that when you're feeling joy, you start wondering, gee whiz, why am I not feeling stressful? And you actually start wondering, what is wrong? What am I overlooking in my life? Because I shouldn't be feeling this joy. Now, you might not mouth those exact words, okay? But how many times have you left out? I know when I was uh, uh, going to business, going to the office, many times I'd jump in the car and I'm driving and I'm halfway there. And I'd say, boy, oh boy, I got out of the house too smoothly today. I must have left something behind. I must have forgotten something. I, and I'm pet, driving, I'm patting my wallet, my, uh, my keys are in the car, obviously. Is everything in the briefcase? Oh, I got a presentation. Did I put that in the briefcase? And you actually saw, I got out, I got out the house too smoothly. Now, what's wrong with getting out the house too smoothly? You see? But because of the fact, all of a sudden, you've got this worry, then, you know, it's almost like you saying, gee whiz, I should not be able to get out of the house smoothly. I should every day have to hassle, run around, grabbing my toast in one hand, grabbing my jacket in another, my cup of coffee in another hand, and jumping in the car, spilling everything. That should be my norm, so that when things go smoothly, I see some people nodding, I'm speaking about your days and your mornings, huh? Okay, but then all of a sudden, when things go smoothly, you start actually saying to yourself, I must have forgotten something because I got in the car too smoothly, you see? Well, so is stress and anxiety in our lives, so are burdens. When you get rid of a burden and all of a sudden your mind starts thinking, well, gee whiz, I'm feeling happy. I can't be feeling happy. I must be forgetting something I should be worrying about. There has to be something that's wrong, you see, because we become so accustomed to carrying burdens, you see. So if you can understand and realize that God loves you so much, not because of who you are or anything that you've done, but as the song says, but because of who he is, 
If God created the universe and the heavens, yes, will he cared enough for you individually. You know, and the thing about it, too, is that you have to really get in your psyche, get in your mind, um, get away from the group think. God is talking to you individually. Okay? Don't think that you just get caught up in the billions of people that are on this planet. God is speaking to you personally. Okay? You see, but many times, though, because of the, um, um, the, the scale of what we're talking about, God loving all of mankind, we forget that God loves me. God loves me. And that if I have a burden, I shouldn't be carrying that burden because it's going to weigh me down. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is and because of what he's done. Amen? Amen? And you are, are, are his. You are his. As with the bottle of water, you need to put it down. So ask yourself, why am I still carrying that burden? Burdens don't have to always be financial. They don't have to always be about a job. A burden doesn't always have to be about sickness or just plain old worry. As I said, some people worry just for the sake of worrying. They don't even know why they're worrying, but they wind up worrying. A burden could be for or about someone else. You could have a burden for someone else. You can worry yourself sick thinking about someone else. Worrying about someone else. Are, are they saved? Are they doing that? How come they're not going to church? How come they're not, how come they're not doing that? You know, and, and you see something happening in someone else's life and whatnot, and that you see where, and you know in your heart and in your spirit, that they could be set free from whatever it is that's going on in their life, that they shouldn't have to be worrying, they shouldn't have to be struggling. But don't you take on that burden, okay? And I've seen that happen so many times, believe me. You talk to people and you really start digging down and you start questioning why, 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 and you find out they're carrying a burden for someone else. You, it's okay for you to care about someone else's predicament or situation that they're in, okay? But God, what God would have you to do, instead of you taking that burden, that you pray for that person. You continually pray for them. Ask God to open their eyes that they may see, that they may be set free. Ask God that as Holy Spirit so guides you that you may be able to say the right words to that person, but don't you take on that burden, because then you become stressed out, you see? And then what happens then? The devil kills two birds with one stone. He's got that other person already burdened and stressed out. Maybe that person doesn't know the Lord yet or doesn't, hasn't realized that they can find relief from their problem by bringing it to God. You see, but if you take on that burden, the devil kills two birds with one stone because he's got that person stressed out going downhill. And now he's got you stressed out and going downhill because you're carrying that other person's burden. That's not the way God intended it to be. OK, because of who he is and because of the fact that he loves you. So we can't carry other people's burdens e- either. We have to make sure that we're able to pray for them. Whatever your burden is, make up your mind today, right now, not to carry that burden any further. Don't take it out of this building. Leave it here. Okay? And we all have burdens. If you are a child of God, you may have more burdens than some people that are not a child of God. Because of the fact that you are, 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 you are, are trying to do your best to do what God would have you to do. And then also there's a target on you. Don't let that frighten you. There's a target on you because the devil would not like to see you succeed. You see? So whatever that burden is, and we all have burdens in different shapes, colors, forms, heights, widths, whatever you want to call it. We all have burdens. No one is exempt from it. Okay? But the thing is, though, is what you ask yourself is, how long have I carried that burden? Okay? And once you get a burden, don't think that once you get rid of a burden, that's going to be it until the Lord returns. Jesus said, when you have tribulations. He didn't say if, he said when. So that means that our lifetimes as Christians means that we constantly get burdens. We constantly get challenges in our lives. We constantly get things that go awry, that go wrong. But the difference between us and the person that is a non-believer, 
or an unbeliever, the difference is that when we get a burden, when we get a stressful situation, we know what to do with it. We know what to do with it. We don't carry it. We give it to the Lord. We unhand it quickly. Because the longer you hold on, like that stone that the military guy has, that stone gets heavier and heavier and heavier until eventually you cave. Eventually you cave. You see? You see? And then the thing about that, too, you need to ask yourself that, who am I doing a disservice to? Not only are you doing a disservice to yourself in carrying a burden, but what about your loved ones? What about your family? What about your friends? What about those around you? If you are carrying this burden beyond your, 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 your strength or your load, so to speak, then how is that spilling off on the people that you love? You see? And many times is when you're carrying that burden, you become, become so accustomed to, to carrying it that you don't even realize how your personality might be changing. You don't realize how your behaviors might be changing. You don't realize that, that how your own thinking is, is, is changing. You know, where there's no joy in your life, where, where like you're snapping all of the time. And many times it's, it's that way because of the fact that you're carrying a burden. And that really manifests itself um, mostly, and I will say this honestly, I mean, and thank God I'm a grandpa now. <laughs> but it really manifests itself so easily when your children, when you have small children. A burden that you're carrying can wind up spilling out on that child. It can wind up spilling out on that child on how you relate to that child, on how you treat that child, or what you say to that child, or how, how you encourage that child or don't encourage that child. So burdens can really impact our lives in so many different ways that you have to make sure that you're not carrying it. Whatever your burdens are sitting here today, give it to the Lord. You've carried it long enough. Whatever burden that you may have, give it to the Lord. You've carried it long enough. Now, when I use the term burden, right away people start saying, oh, gee, well, he's talking about something that's really driving me crazy, something that's weighing me down, something that's so heavy. It doesn't have to be a, be a, a big magilla, a monster of, of a thing that's bugging you. It can be something very, very small. It can be something that just kind of eats away at you, like an annoying mosquito. Just keeps popping up, zit, 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 <laughs> just kind of zinging at you, just to keep you off balance just enough so that you can't really focus on what it is that you need to do. So don't think that a burden has to be something that's just simply overpowering. It can be some recurring thought, some recurring action. You know, you know it can be a next door neighbor that just drives you nuts, you know, by the way they behave and whatnot. Don't let that behavior become such a burden that you can't function and you can't think. Give it to God. Give it to God. Don't carry any burdens. Try giving it to God. Run to your prayer closet. If you don't have a prayer closet, get one. Get one. That doesn't mean that you got to run out and hire a carpenter to build you a closet. That means you find a quiet place in your house someplace, be it your bathroom, a room someplace, the garage, your car. I mean, find someplace where you can be by yourself, where you can communicate to God and sort through your thoughts and sort them through. Okay. As much as we love our husbands, our wives, our family members and so forth, we all need time to be alone. We need some downtime. We all do. Jesus did. Jesus did. It talked about several cases there where he told them to meet them on the other side on the side while he went off to pray. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he told the others to watch and wait while I go pray. Jesus needed downtime where he could pray and focus on his own thoughts. Well, so do you. So make a prayer closet, find a place. And you know, and, and, and if you're married or, or someone that you have that's really close to you, 
You know, I don't care whether it's an aunt or somebody that's living in the house with you. Okay, if that person loves you, if that person really, really loves you, and you simply say to that person, you don't have to go sneaking off someplace. You just say, I, I need some, I'm going to go pray a little bit. I'm going to go read the Bible. If that person loves you, they will certainly understand why you go and you find an alone spot for you to pray and, re- and, and read the Bible, to pray to God, to unload those burdens. You see, the devil would have us kept so busy in life, you know, and God bless our, our, our loved ones, husbands, wives, and children and so forth. God bless them all. We need them. We love them dearly. But if we don't know how to still to pull away from them, the devil can use those very loved ones to just keep you so preoccupied that you cannot find enough time for yourself to communicate with God to find out and figure out what to do with that burden or the things in your life. Something that you may be praying for, you know, something that you're wanting very, very, very badly, something you're praying for very, very badly, and that's a good thing that you're praying for, it's a good thing, that can become a burden. It become a burden. Because you're carrying that thing where you're praying for this thing because you want it so badly, you want it so badly that you worry about not getting it. So the fact that you're worrying about not getting it, it becomes burdensome to you. When anything that you enjoy doing is no longer fun, that thing has turned into a burden. If it's taking and zapping your strength and your energy, it's become a burden. So we need to make sure that we have some time. If you don't have a prayer closet, find a place. Say to your loved one, you know, I'm going to go, you know, 15, 20, whatever it may be, whatever you feel like you need to do. I'm going to go spend a little time. I need to pray. I need to. And if your, your loved one is a child of God, they should certainly understand what you're saying. You're not saying I'll be back and going out to get a pack of cigarettes at the corner store. I'm going down to Joe's Tap and hang out with the boys for a little while. You're simply saying I'm going into another room. I need some downtime. I need some downtime. Your loved ones should certainly understand it's important for your spiritual health. It's also important for your loved one's spiritual health. Because guess what? If your spiritual health is good, then guess what? It's going to spill over on the other person. It's going to spill over. But if your spiritual health is really sickly and you're, you're struggling with something, then eventually it's going to impact the other one, whether you realize it or not, because that burden will manifest in some other way. It will manifest in some other way. Okay? I always tell young marriages when they're planning in the pre-wedding um, uh, uh, counseling session, I always tell them, to, to, to make sure that concerning your, your finances, that you're able to deal with that. Because the minute you start getting into a financially stressful situation, it becomes a burden. And then that financial situation winds up manifesting in other ways in the relationship. Because it just spills that burden. A, a, a burden never stays an acorn. A burden just never stays an acorn. You have you put an acorn in the ground, it goes into, it grows into a mighty oak. I think oaks come from acorns, <laughs> right? Amen. All right. You put a seed in the ground. It's that little, whatever it is. Okay. It grows into a mighty tree. Well, so it is with a burden. If you don't deal, you don't give it to the, give it to God and unload that thing. Give it to him. You go to your prayer closet. You tell God what's going on. You tell God what's going on. Now, it's not that God doesn't know what's going on in your life, but you're telling God that what's going on in your life tells God something else. It tells God that you're looking for his help. It's telling God that you realize that you as an individual, you as a human being, you are not mighty enough to deal with this, that you need his help, which is what God wants us all to do. God knows what your problems are. What did we read uh, uh, last week when we were talking about calling out to God? We don't call out enough to God. We pray, but we don't call out to God. But the word of God said that, that I will answer before they even finish calling out. God knows, knows what's on your mind, but he wants you to bring it to him. So you go to God, you go into your prayer closet, and you go in there saying, you say, God, I want your help. I want your peace. 
I can't do this on my own. God knows you can't, but he wants to hear you say it. How many times those of us that have been around little children have seen a kid just struggle doing something, struggling, struggling. You sit there and you watch and you say, I want to see if the kid is going to come to me to ask for my help so that I can show him how to do it. So it is with God. God knows what your problem is, but he wants you to come to him. He wants you to realize that you need him. He knows that you need him, but he wants you to know that you need him. So you go in your prayer closet and you say, God, I can't do this on my own. I want my peace. You say, Holy Spirit, help me. You cry out to God. You call out to God. Again, last week, you don't have to say a, 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 a King James type prayer with the these and the thou's. You simply call out to God saying, God, help me. I need your help. Tell him about that burden that you're carrying. You want to unload that burden because that burden, you can't carry it. You need to give it to him. God will take the load off your back. You have a heavenly father. Let's go to Luke. A few more scriptures here. Let's go to Luke. Praise the living God. Luke, uh, Luke 11. Luke 11 and verse number 11. Luke 11, verse number 11. Thank you, Jesus. Starting with verse 11, Luke 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good things unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? How much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? How much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You see? So if you know you're not going to give anything, you put a bracket around those scriptures, and especially um, verse number 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him, to them that ask him? You see? So God being who he is, if you, your child, if you don't have children, your loved one, asks for something, you don't give that person something evil, that kid something evil, <laughs> Or as it says, a stone. The poor kid is hungry. He's, oh yeah, I'm going to give him, you bring a plate full of rocks. Can you imagine that? Hey, maybe we don't do that. And we think, oh my gosh, that's absurd. Who would even think of doing something like that? Well, if you can navigate your mind to do something that, why well, he, he's hungry, let me feed him something that he can benefit from, then how much more will God give you? You see? All God wants to do is for you to ask. Just simply ask. God, I need your help. I've got this burden that I'm carrying. And you articulate what the burden is. Just don't say the burden. You say what the burden is. The burden has a name. The burden may have a face. The burden may have a timing, a situation, whatever it may be. The burden may be a thought. The burden may be a plan. The burden may be a worry. The burden may be something that you're hoping and praying for. But you go to God and you say, this is what I have. Lord, please help me. Please help me. And then you have to stop, stop doubting. Stop doubting. God is who he is. God is love. He loves you, you know, and he does not like seeing you suffer. He does not like it, you know, 
I know when I was a youngster, I've heard me say, <laughs> boy, God must have really had a plan for me, man, because my, my mom was, she prayed for me quite a lot. And I know that there were times that she was shaking her head, saying, gee whiz, when is Michael going to get his act together? You know, there's a time there that I smoked and she used to always pray, son, when are you going to stop smoking? When are you going to stop smoking? You know, and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and it panned out. God answers prayer. Okay. God knows what's going on in your life. You see? So the same way my mom prayed for me, you need to pray for your children. You need to pray for your loved ones. You need to pray that God will watch over them and bring them to where God would have them to be. Talk about the blessings that you have and not your burdens. Many times we focus on our burdens so much that we forget about the blessings. You know, especially many of us, many of us all... Probably everyone sitting in this sanctuary has had a blessing from God, something that they really prayed for, prayed about. Could have been involving a job, involving a, a person, involving a situation, involving something was going on, involving a loved one, involving a little doggy. Someone that we prayed for and was really, really, really stressed out about. And God blessed us. God delivered us from that particular burden. God blessed us and made everything work out. And the interesting thing about us human beings is that, you know, for, for, for eight hours, for 24 hours, for maybe a week, we remember that blessing and we're so thankful to God. Maybe we get lucky and we get a whole month of being thankful to God and remembering the blessing. But then what happens after that? We forget about the blessing. We forget about thanking God for how he blessed us just a few days ago, a month ago, a week ago. And we wind up looking more at a new burden that pops up. Burdens will pop up. But each time that burden pops up, you run to that prayer closet and you give it back to God. You refuse to carry it. You drop that stone and I refuse to carry it. See? And continue focusing on the blessings. You know? The thing about focusing on blessings is that what Holy Spirit will show you is that the same way God delivered you from that previous burden... The same way God healed your doggy, the same way God gave you that job, the same way God healed you of that, that, that disease you had or whatever it was you were, were wrestling with, same way God did that. When that new burden comes into your life, you think about the blessing. You remember what God did before and you say, guess what? This burden is not going to be with me long because God delivered me from that other burden. What did David say to Saul? Saul, when, when uh, David was about to go out and fight Goliath, Saul said, you can't go fight and he's a seasoned warrior. You're a seasoned warrior. You're going to die. You won't be able to do that. What did David tell Saul? He said, the same way God delivered me from that lion and that bear that he killed when those animals came against him, the same way God delivered me from them, so will God deliver me from that giant. He didn't go fearful. So we have to remember that when God brought us through something before, that he's going to indeed do the same thing again. And don't focus on the burden, but focus on the blessing. Focus on that. Set your mind on Christ instead of on the problem. What does scripture say about burdens? Let's just go to Psalm, a few more scriptures here. Psalms uh, 55. If you, you remember that you are a child of God, that you've got blessings, not because of who you are, not because of anything that you've done, but because of what God has done and because of who God is. Amen. Psalm 55. Praise the living God. We need to cast those burdens. Fifty-five, verse twenty-two. Cast thy burden. Underline the word burden, please. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. 
Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall do what? Sustain thee. Underline sustain thee. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring down, uh, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in thee. Underline, but I will trust in thee. See? So there it is. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he'll sustain you. You see? So you've got that burden out there and, you know, and, and sometimes you, you, it's almost like, gee, as well, if I cast that burden off and if I don't worry about it, <laughs> If I don't worry about it, how am I going to manage? How am I going to get through? Okay? So you just cast the burden and you don't worry about it anymore because God's going to sustain you. Casting your burden means that, you know, uh, you know I don't have to remember to go and eat three meals a day. Uh, 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 the way God designed me, I will get hungry and things will work out okay because I'll get hungry and then I'll eat. So you cast off that burden and then you don't carry it any longer trying to figure out how is it that I'm going to get through because God will sustain you. Okay, okay. Do you think God is going to tell you to give you his to, to, to give him your worry or your concern and then not not be able to carry you through? You know, in, in other words, our, um, uh, God told me to go to Egypt. And also, I feel I need to surrender my car and give it to God. But God wants me to get to Egypt. God told me to get to Egypt. You think that God's going to have you surrender your car without providing a way for you to get to Egypt? You see? But many times we carry burdens for things and we wonder, well, if I don't do this myself, then how am I going to manage? If I don't pray for this job, if I don't do this, if I don't, if I don't pray for this house, if I don't pray for this car, if I don't pray for this situation in my life, life then, then how is it going to work out? God will sustain you. It says there, it says there in the scripture, it says God will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. And guess what? You're the righteous. You go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 28, Matthew 11, 28, Jesus, okay, okay, Matthew 11, 28, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Well, heavy laden means a burden. Come unto me. This is if you have a red letter Bible, these words are written in red, meaning it's Jesus doing the speaking here. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Jesus is saying to take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. So a couple of things he's saying, and if we unpack it, he says that in 28, come unto me, all of you who are laboring and are heavy laden. And Jesus is saying that I will give you rest. And then the important key thing to understand here, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Well, you know what a yoke is? You ever see oxen, you know, any of those National Geographic things or someplace you may have seen an oxen and the, the, the apparatus that holds the two oxen together that can be guided. And so it's called a yoke. It's called a yoke. It guides the animal. It guides them where you want it to go. So Jesus is saying to take his yoke 
and to learn of Jesus. It says, because Jesus is meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your, soul, your souls, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. In other words, if you're being guided by Jesus, it's not going to be a yoke, a heavy load that you're carrying. Okay, the yoke, if you're yoked to Jesus and if you're letting Jesus guide you, it's going to be easy because Jesus burden is very, very light. When you stop and think about it, it's very light because all we have to do is is one thing. You heard me say a dozen times the wonderful thing about being a Christian, a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ, is that in order to benefit from the things that God wants us to have, that we don't have to light, you know, a blue candle, a green candle, put it in a circle, hop on, stand on one foot, hop around in a circle on Tuesday the 5th and Tuesday the 17th and to be blessed. Jesus' burden is very, very light. You call him into your heart. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. And you mean it because in your heart you believe that he is who he says he is. You believe that he is the son of God. You believe that once you're connected to Jesus, that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, according to the word of God. So, so the burden is very, very light. All you have to do is believe. It's very, very easy. It's not complex. You see? You see? So Jesus says to, to unload your burdens, to take his yoke to, and take his burden because his burden is light. So again, we see here where, see here where the scripture is talking about releasing burdens. And it says why and why? Because God wants to and we should remember we should remember that God wants to do this. And why? Because not because of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. So in other words, if you really personalize it, those words are saying not because of who you are, but because of what God has done, not because of what you have done, but because of who God is. You see, so it's really very, very simple. Just remember who God is and that how much God loves you. It's nothing that you it's nothing that you could do. It's all about God. This whole thing in your life, it's, it's not about you. It's all about God. You see, the problem is that we as human beings find it a very hard. We have a hard time in getting ourselves out of the way. We want to be the ones to unburden ourselves. We want to be the ones to find a solution. OK, now God will certainly give us the intelligence and the insights and things like that through the Holy Spirit um, uh, to find solutions to our lives. But still, ultimately, though, you're letting God giving you those insights. You see, when you try and do something on your own absent God, that's when you run into trouble. That's when you run into so much trouble. When you try to do things outside of God, when you're not looking to God for his insights, for his wisdom, for letting Holy Spirit actually guide you. OK, you cannot figure it out by yourselves. You know, God loves you so much that he wants to take your burdens from you. But you are insisting on holding on to your own burden. Whatever it is that you're wrestling with right now, if you're wrestling with it, that means because you're insisting on holding it. You see? And, and, and that's the measurement. That's the question. Am I wrestling with this thing? If I'm wrestling with this thing, that means I'm still holding on to it. I haven't given it to God. Because the minute I can just give it to God, then I'm no longer wrestling with it. Why? Because it's not my responsibility. Okay, God, I gave it to you. I'm going to sit back and wait on you. That's what you said to do. You see? You see? You're insisting, you're insisting on holding on if you're still resting it. So why are you still carrying your burden? Give it to God. Don't let others lay burdens on you. Let's go to one last uh, scripture here. Two, two more scriptures, and we're done. Matthew 23. Praise the living God. Okay. Again, back to the thing briefly about not letting others lay burdens on you. And let's start with verse number one. 23 verse one. 
Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, all therefore whatever they bid you observe, uh, that observe and do. But do not you after their works, for they say and do not. For they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievance, grievous to be born. They bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Okay. All right. And read that again. Verse number four. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. And they themselves uh, will not move them with one of their fingers. In other words, they're saying that they wind up heaping burdens on other people, but they themselves will do nothing to help those people unload those burdens. So you don't want to take on other people's burdens. You don't want to, to hold on to them. You want to give them up to God as quickly as, as possible. Sometimes unconfessed sin is the cause of our own burdens. When this happens, we must repent. Psalm 38 verses 4 to 6 says, my guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. So if you've, if you've sinned, you've got to speedily run to God and repent of that sin and give up that burden. Because the devil will make sure that that burden just weighs on you. The devil will make sure that burden comes back to memory. You can remember it in, in technicolor. You can see it in every single color, every single thing, whatever that sin involved. So you need to confess it and get rid of it really, really quickly. God still still comforts, comforts us whenever you uh, bring those burdens to him and confess your sin. Second uh, Corinthians 1, 1 to 5, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Let's go there real quickly, as a matter of fact. 2 Corinthians 1. Two Corinthians chapter one verse one Paul an apostle of Jesus of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints which are, are us in all Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father, our Lord, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds uh, by Christ. Okay, so the operative verse there is verse number four, of course, who comforts us in all our tribulations. Then he goes a step further and says that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. You see, so if you learn how to receive comfort from God, it puts you in a position also to bring comfort to someone else. You see, and that's one of the things we being children of God, that's one thing that that's one thing that we want to be able to do is to bring comfort to others that are around us. You know, if you have friends or family that are suffering or in a bad way or have something going on, don't you want to be able to help them? You would love to be able to help them. You see, so realize that as God brings you comfort, that God will also put you in a place to bring comfort to others. Not because of who you are, but because of what God has done, not because of what you've done, but because of what God has done. God gave you all of these scriptures that we just just went over today. But who do you believe? Who do you believe? If you have a new car and something goes wrong with it, who do you wind up consulting? Do you go to the manufacturer or do you just happen to go to anybody that's on the street? You know, I have something's 
stop with my steering. I can't steer my car. You just, hey, Joe, hey, buddy, come here. You know how to fix this? You go to the manufacturer. You go to the manual. The manufacturer has a manual that tells you how to operate that car. Well, the manual that God gave us is his word, his written word, the Holy Bible, as we call it. So who do you believe? Do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe, do you believe the words that you just read? Or do you believe what that burden that is in your mind telling you? Or what somebody that's on the street or in your family, for that, ma- for that matter, tells you, you're going to fail. This is not going to happen. This is going to go wrong. This is, this is going to happen. Do you believe God or do you believe someone else? God will often put a thought, a feeling, or put something before you that you can act on. If it's God putting something in front of you to act on, then act on it. You need to act on it. But how do you respond when that happens? Do you do what God is telling you to do, or you believe what man is telling you to do or not to do? So many times, Holy Spirit, you read something in the Bible that God is telling you to do something, but yet still you listen, you listen to a relative. Or listen to somebody on the job and you do what they're telling you to do instead of doing what God is telling you to do. Okay? Sometimes, sometimes in unloading a burden. Sometimes in unloading a burden. The way to get rid of that burden might not make sense to you. Might not make sense to you. But if you know that, you know that, you know that, you know that this is what God is telling you to do. Don't go by what someone else is telling you to do. You do what God is telling you to do. I think I told you last week or a couple of weeks ago that actor uh, Joaquin, what's his name, that played in Signs is in or being called upon or will be starring in some movie uh, portraying Jesus. And he said he didn't want to play the role or do the part where Jesus spat and made mud and put it on the eyes of the guy that he couldn't see, that couldn't see and was healed. He didn't like that. He said, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. How could that heal anybody? You know, if I was standing next to him when he said it, I'd stand over waiting that lightning bolt to come down. You know, you see, you see, but he it does not make sense to him. So he wants to change how scripture was written to do it the way he thinks it should be done. If you want to unload a burden and God is telling you how to unload that burden and what you need to do, you make sure you do what God is telling you to do and not what someone else is telling you to do. I don't care how silly it may seem or how it may not make sense to you because God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not his ways. How do you respond when God is telling you how to relieve yourself of a burden? When God sends you on a mission or has you apply for a new job, do you put obstacles, obstacles in your own way? When God sends you on a mission or has you apply for a new job, do you put obstacles in your own way? In Numbers 13, and we don't have to go there right now, but in Numbers 13, 13 is where um, Joshua sent out the spies uh, into the land that God was going to give them. And you may recall he said to bring back a, a report on how things are. Okay, and they even brought back some large grapes. I think it was clusters of grapes on a stick and talked about how beautiful the land was. But then there were these others, though, that said, but wait a minute. There are giants in the land and they see us as grasshoppers. They see us as grasshoppers. That was their assessment of themselves. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. But Joshua came back and said that God said that we will take that land. Therefore, we will take that land. So don't stand in your own way. Don't, pre- don't present obstacles that God would not have, uh, have, um, have put there before you because of the fact that you are worrying about how you're going to remove that burden. So knowing all this, the bottom line as we close here today, knowing all this, the question I have to you, 
Why are you still carrying that burden? If you've got any burdens out there, now, today, is the time to think about how you're going to bring them to God and get rid of those burdens and unload them. Because God does not want you to be carrying burdens. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. So he can do what he wants you to do. Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now let us, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.